Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Yellow Noise. I'm Ellen. I'm Polly. I'm Michelle. And I'm John. In 1967, the United States Supreme Court ruled in Loving v. Virginia that laws prohibiting interracial marriage and interracial sexual relations were unconstitutional. While the ruling was unanimous, we should all recognize that that was only 54 years ago. And between 1850 and 1950, 15 states in the U.S. passed anti-miscegenation laws that made it illegal for Chinese and whites to intermarry. Luckily, times have changed, and both Ellen and I are currently in interracial relationships ourselves. This week, we also have our friends Michelle and John on the podcast with us to talk about this topic. So to start us off, could each of you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi, I'm John. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area, um, specifically um, Los Altos, California, and I'm Chinese, and I know that I'm 100% Chinese because my brother tested, uh, he did like a 23, 23 in me. <laughs> And he got like 100% East Chinese or something. <laughs> and so like, did I. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I currently live in Los Angeles with my girlfriend, Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle, and I grew up in Santa Clarita, California, where the Six Flags is, if you know, you know. <laughs> and now John and I live together in LA, uh, as he said, and my ethnicity is I'm half black and half Filipino. So. I've never taken a 23andMe test. I I do want to one day because especially like black people, you know, African-Americans don't really know where in Africa they come from. So I would love to do that one day. But also I do know that they have used 23andMe to catch a murderer before. So like just in case I need to commit a crime, part of me wants to keep my (laughs) DNA on the low. I have have bought her a 23andMe test before (laughs) and she hasn't. Wait, what what do you do with it? It's sitting in the closet. Oh, it's so yeah, he did get it for me. Yeah, I just I, I, I heard that they keep your information. So I've been afraid to take it. Also, there was a lot of that gift was heavily debated because it was a really weird gift to give. <laughs> As yeah. a Christmas gift. I feel like that's no, a gift you could a Christmas gift? Yeah, it was oh, it was my birthday gift. Well that's even uh. weirder. Yeah, you gave me a 23andMe test for my birthday, which is an insane thing for someone to do. Well, you had mentioned that you wanted to take a test before, so I, you know, interpreted that as getting you the gift. That's not what I mean when I say that you should, like, listen and remember things for gifts. Like, when I mention a pair of earrings or, like, or, like, a nice piece of clothing, I want you to remember those things, not the 23andMe. I understand. understand. (laughs) Well... That's a perfect segue because we would love to know how you met each other to begin with. We met at work, uh, which was a talent agency we used to work at like about four years ago. We were both assistants working at this um, company and I was in the mailroom and she was an assistant to someone and I feel like we started talking because like I sat next to you one time and we would like aim each other and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, this was like when Slack was in its infancy. So all of us used to communicate through AIM. And yeah, John ended up sitting next to me for a couple months because he was basically like subbing in on someone's desk. Mm -hmm. And we just got to talking and we were friends for a while before we started dating. I think she thought I was really weird, which you like to think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought he was really funny. I mean, he kind of flew under the radar for me for a while because... He's younger than me, and I had kind of already promised myself I wasn't going to date 
anyone younger. Um, because for, for those that are listening, I'm 10 years younger. I'm, I'm no, he's three years younger. Three is a lot, though. Yeah, not really. It, it was back then, maybe, but now it's not. Now it's much. not as big of a deal, but also men mature slower. So I was taking yeah, yeah. a big risk. <laughs> <laughs> but you went investment. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of vision and it's so far it's been panning out. <laughs> what attracted you to each other? Definitely like her sense of humor and like just her overall like personality and obviously she's beautiful. I mean <laughs> I mean you can't see her but look at her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post pictures on the Instagram. Yeah, we'll <laughs> You'll know. Yeah. Link in bio. Sense of humor is definitely big. I think we just really, he's just super easy to talk to. And I think there was a time where when we were just friends, we ended up FaceTiming for like over three hours. And I was like, oh, I feel like that's definitely. Yeah, it's not something you do with normal friends. Yeah. And you were also somebody that I just, I enjoyed talking to so much that I would turn to you and I was upset. That's how we ended up talking on that FaceTime for three hours is I was like really upset about something. And he ended up kind of just talking me down and. Yeah, we talked for such a long time, and yeah, obviously he's a cutie pie, Lincoln bio, Um, (laughs) so you'll be able to see for yourself, but yeah, I think we just got along really well, and I think that our energy as friends is kind of what makes our relationship so successful and why we've been able to stay together. We definitely have a similar outlook on life. The way that we interpret things that happen in the world like we have like a very similar like we can we can kind of look at each other and be like we had the same reaction to, to <laughs> and we find the same things like really funny and stuff yeah so well except for the fact that john does really love cringe humor that's not really my <laughs> my yeah. energy you love cringe yeah but you kind of he's on cringe talk yeah, oh. <laughs> aren't we all a little bit no no, no. no. Yeah. the cringe humor is what John and Yoav have in common for sure. Yeah. So Yes, yeah. you and Yoav. It definitely stems from like the TV shows that we would watch like in high school and like I don't know, there were a lot of cringe people in high school that we used to like, you know, <laughs> just You guys enjoy. are the cringe people of high school. So so that's the thing. It's like we, we didn't know it ourselves, but we were the cringe people. <laughs> And now you just find it relatable, right? Yeah, now we just understand where it comes from. You relate to that energy. Yeah, Yeah, but to give some background, John and Yoav are childhood friends from middle school, so that's how we've all gotten to know each other till now. I met Yoav through... I I needed to give this class project to, to my teacher, but I like was late to something, and I was like, "What? What's your name?" And he's like, "Yo, I was like, can you turn this in for me? Because I'm late to, to another class." And he was like, "Okay," and so he turned it in for me. I don't know what grade I got, but I think he successfully did it. So, start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. Wow, could have been a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. Could still be a movie. Yeah, true. Yeah. Maybe I'll write it. Michelle could write it. Yeah. yeah. And Polly, how did you and Casper meet? We just met through mutual friends. So after I graduated from grad school, um, I went back to San Francisco and I had a really good friend who was living there already. Shout out Nisu if you're listening to this. And he was hosting a pregame for a party that we were going out to. And Casper was the first person to show up to the pregame with a liter or two liter bottle of Diet Coke and a handle of whiskey. And I was like, all right. He's a provider. (laughs) (laughs) Love that energy. (laughs) But similarly, we were friends first uh, for a couple months before we finally started dating. 
Yoav and I were also friends for a really long time before dating, actually, probably a full year. And we met through college through one of the organizations we were in. But then we got a lot closer because we took a statistics class together and Yoav didn't have the textbook. So he leached off of me. So the opposite of a provider. (laughs) 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 But we were friends for a long time. And quite similarly, I think because we shared a very similar morals at the end of the day. We would talk to each other a lot about what we wanted for our futures and also if we were going through something difficult. So that brought us a lot closer. So as we mentioned before, we're all in multicultural relationships right now. So just to bring it back to the way past, when you were growing up, did your parents want you to date someone within your race? I think like when I was in high school, they'd be like, oh yeah, you should date uh, other races or something. My mom had mentioned that. She's like, oh, you should date a black girl or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, maybe. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that comment made me nervous at first because she had said something like, yeah, you should date a black girl. It would be fun. And like, oh. I was really nervous about that comment at first. Oh, but yeah. then yeah. the first time I ever went up to visit John's parents in the Bay I, um, she had a photo album of John when he was younger and she was showing it to me and that's how I found out that her best friend from college was actually black. And so then I felt like a little bit better about that comment because I was like, oh, okay, maybe she's just like, her best friend was black. (laughs) She also like went to college with Gail King. I don't think they were friends, but... Whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is news to all This is the first time I'm hearing Breaking. about this. Yeah, she, yeah she, was, she was the original Oprah. Um, <laughs> and then kind of Oprah took over. But, but yeah, I mean, I they didn't really talk to me that much about dating and like other races. They just tried to like teach me more about where I came from and stuff. So I think if I ended up dating outside of my race, then I could still, like, you know, carry on the traditions of whatever we were doing and the Asian culture and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they, they didn't, like, restrict any race or anything, and they, they weren't like, you can't date this or that. I mean, overall, my background, like, my parents were very open to, like, everything. Like, they, they let me study film in college. They let me do a lot of arts things, and I guess that's because I'm the third child, and, <laughs> and like, that's just... A product of being spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't. I wasn't like babied. Yeah, you I have, was, I was you have the least practical job out of you, your siblings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the least practical, like yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for that. I mean, like they weren't the quote unquote stereotypical Asian parents, and like you know make me do a lot of different things or like the expected things. So I'm grateful for that for sure. I'm the product of an interracial relationship. My mom is Filipino and my dad is black, so I don't think they would have had anything to say about me interracially dating. That being said, they did not talk to me about dating whatsoever. So my mom is not really the type of person who like cares about me getting married. She's like extremely linear and really ambitious and focused. She was an extremely hard worker. She went to the military so that she could take college classes for free and so I think college was always the thing that mattered most to her so I didn't really get boy talks at all I mostly got college talks and like yeah she's never the kind of person to ask me like 
Michelle, like, when are you going to settle down and get married? She's always asking me, Michelle, when are you going to finally make more money? (laughs) (laughs) My mom would do that too. We never had the sex talk. We never had any, like, romantic kind of talk about who I'll be with and stuff. Besides, I guess, that, like, oh, you should date a black girl. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That was the last last conversation. Yeah, you really took that to heart. (laughs) And, yeah, that really manifested. Mama Wong knew best. (laughs) It it stuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they've definitely said stuff in passing, like, you know, make sure that you date someone who's kind and who is a good person. But I think it was kind of just like an understood thing that we really couldn't bring anyone home who was going to, like, act up. My parents are are, judgment, are judgmental of even my friends in terms of, like, what kind of friends I'm bringing home, in terms of, like, drugs or partying or whatever. Like, I always brought home, you know, pretty tame <laughs> friends. I mean, I was friends with people who just, like, took AP classes in high school. We weren't, like, really cool or partying. Like, I was straight edge in high school. Yeah. I was very straight edge in high school because I was so afraid of my parents. Like, they take that stuff really seriously. So I think for them it's more about that. I think they knew if I I couldn't even bring home friends like that, I definitely wasn't going to bring home a boyfriend like that. And I think that's kind of all that matters to them. Because I was, like, the first boy that that you brought back. Yeah, you're the first person that I seriously dated. I have dated before you but nothing where I would call them my boyfriend yeah I think really similarly to both of you my parents never talked to me about dating or like had any restrictions about it the only comment that I can really remember is so I have an older sister and she dated basically like a lot of white dudes in college and she would bring some of them home my mom would be like oh your sister dates a lot of white guys I wonder if she's ever going to bring home someone who's Chinese but it was never like oh, she should, or I have a problem with it. It was just like a comment that she made. She's like, oh, that's interesting. And so I also think because my sister broke the interracial dating barrier way earlier than I did, like it just wasn't even a topic of conversation whenever I started dating. So yeah, I think really similarly, like they cared a lot more about my grades or like what I was doing. Actually, I wouldn't even say they cared who I hung out with because I was a middle child. So I kind of just got like, Swept under the rug. <laughs> overlooked. Yeah, overlooked completely. Yeah, overlooked completely. <laughs> They're like, Polly. They're like, she's good. <laughs> Maybe it's a common theme around us all having Asian parents, but my parents also never had any of those discussions with me. Like, yeah. never got the sex talk, never got the who you should date or who you shouldn't date talk. Again, the, the most conversation was probably like, when you grow up, make sure you are with someone who's going to be a good person and take care of the family and not someone out on the streets deal, dealing drugs. Don't do drugs because your life will be over kind of kind of vibe. Yeah, that was the dare yes. era. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I truly took that to heart. I was also super straight edge in high school, was on the math team, was in yearbook, yeah, did sports yeah. after school. Oh my, I got, I did so many extracurriculars. I think yeah. I did like five different extracurricular activities, yeah. probably because that was my parents' way of making sure that I wasn't getting into any trouble. And they were right. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I also feel like my parents probably never imagined I would ever date anyone other than a Chinese person anyway. So they just like didn't think outside of that world because growing up, we mentioned before, a lot of my friends were Asian at the time. And I was also very into asian things growing up like i watched a lot of korean dramas i listened to a lot of like k-pop and j-pop so they were probably like oh ellen doesn't even know any people that are not yeah i think similar to you probably like my sister also were, was dating a lot of white guy not a lot of white guys i mean she she ended up with a white guy um adam who's you know who's great 
I think that was like that broke the barrier. And also like in the Bay Area, especially around like the two thousand between two thousand two thousand ten, there was like a rise of like interracial like relationships, especially in like Mountain View for some reason. Like I was like seeing like a lot of them and stuff, and it definitely became like normalized around that time for me in my world. We were just at like my family's like a family reunion a couple weeks ago, and like some of my cousins are have started bringing around like their girlfriends and. And they're all in interracial relationships. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, we were just at his grandma's house and all of his cousins were dating outside of their race. It's not surprising at all. But like sometimes you, you like take a look and you're, you're like, wow, like it, a lot has changed. It's a weird. lot has changed. I mean, I feel like I grew up in Santa Clarita, which is predominantly white. And so I think a lot just changed for me over the course of my life too depending on my surroundings like because Santa Clarita was so white I feel like I thought of white people as kind of like the ideal or like what I was attracted to like thought I was the most attracted to white guys but then as soon as I got to college and I was surrounded by people of color yeah people of color (laughs) which is even like I mean I went to Fordham University so Fordham is still an extremely white school but it was such a different feeling to ride the subway and kind of not be looked at like I remember really having a moment where I realized that like no one was looking at me because I just blended in perfectly and seamlessly with all of the faces around me because New York City is so diverse but in Santa Clarita it's not really like that a lot of the times I would be the only black person in the room like a lot and so I think that also impacted like what types of relationships I initially sought out but a thing that I do want to note is that in terms of representation in film and television is I really do think that it's so important because I remember when I was 16 years old is when I started watching Korean dramas because I would go to the Philippines like with my cousins and my family and because I wasn't really into video games which is what my brothers would do when they were bored I would just like watch Korean dramas with my cousins because Korean dramas are really really big in the Philippines and so watching so many shows with like Asian male leads is like was I think the first time that I found myself like attracted to an Asian guy and I think if people had more media that featured Asian men as the lead it's like not even a question in my mind you know what I mean that more people would find themselves in interracial relationships like that because when you grow up with it and you see it naturally you're just like oh yeah of course yeah I think that makes a lot of sense and um going back John, to what you were saying about the rise in, like, prominence of interracial relationships in Mountain View. I feel like it's such a Silicon Valley trope, though, of the white tech guy with the Asian girl, which, like, both Elle and I are in those relationships, but, like, it doesn't feel tropey when you're in it, but it's definitely, like, the stereotype, I feel, of, like, the Bay Area. Yeah, I think just California has seen a lot more of that, Mm -hmm. so I worry that outside of our bubbles people still look at it with very different eyes but again like i think what michelle said media is something that transcends city like everyone watches tv so if there is more representation like that across the nation i feel i guess safer being in an interracial relationship almost just that other people won't view it with such strange or like confused eyes and i'm so glad that they like that new this is a Doja Cat song, Kiss Me More. Is like, cause if oh, you've yeah. seen the music video, it's yeah. like this Asian guy. It's like uh, this hot Asian guy from what, Grey's Anatomy? Saw him at creation. Oh, yeah. Just as hot in real life. <laughs> Representation in, in you know, film 
and TV, but also like music videos because yeah. like, they're going to be like video guys. Exactly, <laughs> Asian video guys. Asian yeah, well, the eight, the Korean drama that was my favorite one growing up was Full House, and it featured Rain. I love that I was drama. obsessed with Rain. Oh, my God. That was my first Korean drama. Yes, yeah. same. And he's also a, a music artist. Actually, no. My first Korean drama was My Lovely Sam Soon, also amazing. But my second one was Full House, and I was obsessed with it. But, yeah, Rain is kind of like a Korean usher. And Rain was actually in an American movie, and he played the lead. So I he Wait, was what of, movie? Yeah, it was about ninjas or something. <laughs> but he was like the first sexy Asian man to enter mainstream American media. Just seeing him in that movie was crazy because, I mean, he is also just like a very strong-bodied person. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of articles talking about how attractive he was, and it made me feel very proud that there was that representation and people were interested in it. Yeah, and then with, like, Crazy Rich Asians and the entire just, like, beautiful Asian cast and um, the new Asian superhero, like, I feel like there's so much more representation of, like, sexy Asian men, but it definitely wasn't as big or really at at all a thing growing up. Oh, yeah, I definitely think that the way that Asian women have been portrayed in the media is very different than how Asian men have been portrayed in the media, and I'm glad that more and more there are a ton of really, like, sexy... Asian guys, you know, in the media. But anyways, it's great that we're seeing a lot more interracial couples around us, not just through our friends, but through our own families. But how did your parents first react when they met your partner? Well, my parents met John, I think like six months into our relationship. Yeah, it was pretty early. What, what was that for, though? I think it was for my birthday. We went to Mimi's Cafe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Santa Clarita has primarily chain restaurants. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think you literally just came to, like, my birthday kind of breakfast. And right. I remember bringing your mom an orchid. Oh, yeah. Well, orchids Aww. are my mom's favorite flower. So you brought her a flower. Well, I was instructed by Michelle. Yeah, I absolutely told him <laughs> to bring something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think at first... They thought he was maybe like a little quiet and thought maybe I'd walk all over him <laughs> because I am very like loud and I have a big personality. Yeah, didn't your dad say something about how like you're gonna walk all over me or something? <laughs> yeah, my dad did say that. He, sh- he was like, Yeah, he's nice. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you're gonna walk all over that guy. <laughs> but <laughs> the more is. they've <laughs> no, <laughs> the more I've gotten to know John, or not the more I've gotten to know John, the more they've gotten to know John they love him so much and really consider him a part of the family now so i think i was really when i met your parents i was really insecure because i i I just know that i have a very like young face and like you were probably like 20 i guess you were 27 when we met no i was 26 26 and i was just like not sure if they would look at me as like someone who's like mature enough i guess to like date her i think that's just a product of being Asian guy but like some guys like age really well and they like you know they look their age throughout and I just like have this baby face and I I feel like you know at work plays a role in like being insecure because like people don't take you as seriously but anyways I, I was just like unsure of what they would think because I look so young but, oh that's interesting I didn't know that yeah well that's just how I like how I feel like when I meet like new people like I guess in general no, I mean not not that I like have this thing like I, that I carry with me all the time but when it's like someone important that yeah that you, know, you want them to take you seriously yeah, yeah. yeah 
But they were really nice and lovely, and they didn't... I mean, I thought they were quiet. I mean, they are quiet. They're fully quiet, yeah. We were all quiet. It was just a quiet It was table. a quiet <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, I mean, my parents are pretty quiet. They're introverts. They're not, like, the type of parents who, like, go hang out with other people all the time. They're pretty much just hang out with each other. But now, if I go home without John, they're like, where's John? They loved seeing him and always ask about him. So I think you've made a good impression on them. Yeah, I think over the past, like, year... Because we've been in a pandemic, we they, spent a they lot were more definitely time. Definitely, like in our pod for sure. Like, we, they, would, they would we would consider them in our pod for sure. Yeah, we saw my parents a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad had some health issues over the pandemic, and so we were being really careful because we had to be close to my family to kind of monitor his health situation. And John was also like super supportive through that, and really helped my family out a lot during that time. So I think that's kind of why he's so integrated now at this point into my family. But yeah, what we, did your parents think when they first met me? They had only positive things to say. They basically were like, she's really nice. And I think the first time, when, when was the first time they met you, actually? I remember when the first time was, actually, was because it? it was in the winter when you guys came home, maybe for Christmas or something. Right, I remember you stayed at my house, yeah. but was that the first time that you had met them? Yeah. Really? And then wow. you guys did like you did a Zumba class with John's mom. I oh, did. Yeah. I didn't know it was a U Jam class at the YMCA. <laughs> oh, yeah, U Jam. Yeah, she loves U Jam. John's mom loves to dance, which actually works out great because I also love to dance. I take hip hop classes at the playground. Yeah, the last time we saw my mom for Mother's Day, she like kept, I think it's because she's been cooped up in her house for like a year, but she like could not stop talking about Pitbull and like going to her <laughs> How much she misses dancing, she, yeah. Yeah, she like literally loves So we she, put on some pitbull some pitbull and she started dancing. She started dancing. We were talking about my cousin's upcoming wedding in, like, October, and she's like, I'm going to make a playlist. Like, <laughs> like they got to play all these songs. I just want to dance. And then I'm just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, stop embarrassing me in front of my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, wait, can I tell, can I tell them? What? The story of what you did the first time I came what? to visit your parents. The, we, we, the patty melt? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, you can tell. You can say it, yeah. Okay. So, the first time I went to visit John and his family, he took me to eat at a hospital. Oh, yeah. And John, and John's dad is actually an OBGYN. So no, no, at it first, wasn't Kaiser. It wasn't Kaiser. Yeah, it, it wasn't was Kaiser. It was from the YMCA, which is where we did U-Jam. Which is where we took the U-Jam class. And I know exactly why you thought Kaiser Ellen, because... His dad was an OBGYN for Kaiser. So I was like, oh, maybe we're meeting his dad during his lunch break or something. No, we were at a completely random hospital because John <laughs> loves the patty melt there. It's literally hospital food for the patients. And they took me to lunch at this hospital, okay. which was a major red flag about you that I overlooked. And I, I'm so happy that I did. But just know that it was. No, it's, it's some, <laughs> all right, to be clear, it's something that my mom likes doing because <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of messed up, but but like she likes hop- hospital food because it's like subsidized, and so like it's cheaper and it's like the most Asian thing that she might be doing currently. So she will go after working out. She'll like go get lunch at the hospital, and it's like super cheap. And the reason I was okay with it when you came into town was because I, I thought it was like a slice of life into like like what my family does. And it was not the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he thought it was really that weird until I 
viscerally pointed it out. I was like, absolutely not. I mean, to be fair, I do like the I do like the patty melts there. Like yeah, them. he does. He loves them. Yeah, but it is it's all like frozen food though. <laughs> I saw them take it out of the freezer. So. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. I will say that like interracially dating with John is slightly different than it might be if I was dating any other race because John is Chinese and I'm half Filipino. So we do have that thing in common of both being Asian. So there are some things that culturally we do share, which actually like I had never thought was important to me. But now that I have dated someone I do find that it makes like certain shorthand a lot easier and obviously there's still a lot to tackle because I'm also half black and so that is very different than than being Asian but it it does help. Yeah, you guys both require everyone to take their shoes off in the household. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that is actually really important to me. Also the amount of rice in our diet, we're just on the same page about that. <laughs> what about you and Casper? How did your parents react when they first met him? Yeah, so I just think like overall my parents aren't the type of people who would say very much about like, you know, after they met him, they weren't like, oh my God, I love him so much. Or like, oh my God, I hate him. But I could tell that they liked him because now whenever I visit home, my, my parents do ask like, oh, is Casper coming with you? Or they'll like remember his dietary restrictions or like choose to cook food that they know that he'll like if they know he's coming. So mm-hmm. I know that like they think fondly of him or they're like approving. That's but nice. yeah, they've never like really said or like I'll try and like ask them like, hey mom, like do you like Casper? And she'll just say like, if he makes you happy, then I'm happy. And so like they don't really say very complimentary things, but not negative things either. And then whenever they um, Casper does come to visit, like he and my dad really get along. I think just because they're both techies and they just like to talk a lot about tech stuff and I don't know, stuff that, like, my dad can't have a conversation with about, like, anyone else in our family. Like, Casper can, like, hold his own with them. (laughs) And I think with my mom, it's a little bit harder just because English is not as strong of a language for her to communicate in. And so, like, sometimes I think the language barrier is a little bit hard. But I can tell, like, she still thinks fondly of him just by, like, her actions more so than her words. The first time my parents met Yolov, it was like a very weird experience because they were dropping me off at the airport for when I was going to like travel with Yolov for seven weeks, with John John included. And that's just kind of a weird space to that be in. Like, that was the first time they met That was the first him. time they met Yolov. It's like, hello, now like be with my daughter for seven oh. weeks. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but it was also such a brief meeting. It, it probably doesn't really count. I don't, after that, I don't even like... It, didn't feel like it was such a significant thing from my point of view like maybe from their point of view it was different but I do remember I was a little nervous not because I thought they they wouldn't like him but I hadn't seen my parents interact with many non-Asian people before and I know they're both pretty fluent in English they both work in American companies and speak English in that professional um, workspace. But then whenever they hang out or whenever they're with friends, they're usually conversing in Chinese. So I was like, I wonder if my parents can hold a very long conversation in English, like have enough things to say. But now every time Yav comes over, because he's so open, I feel like we're able to have a very free-flowing conversation quite often. And very similarly, my parents always try to cook foods that 
he likes or that they think he likes but it's really funny because they always try to cook american food even though y'all eat chinese <laughs> 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 i think they're still like oh no pizza. it's always asparagus and steak and like, <laughs> like crab. wait that's amazing though that's really funny. yeah and they do the thing where if i mention that he likes something or that like we like something once they will always make that food over and over again like i think i said y'all liked crab once and my parents always do like some crab or shellfish wait that's so nice (laughs) wait i want to meet your parents maybe they can remember some stuff about me i would love to come over what what would you say you like sushi and (laughs) And lobster lobster. (laughs) or what was the thing that your that your mom had gotten off of um off of we chat that was so good eel it was the eel eel. that eel was bomb back to what you were saying polly about how parents don't really express in words how they feel about people and like especially like you or something i definitely felt that my mom like didn't voice the words i love you until like pretty recently like a few years ago where i don't even know why it came about i think she just like missed me like a lot Mm -hmm. but like as growing up she never said those words but i always knew that she loved me because she would do like everything for me you know Mm -hmm. I don't know why, just something about Asian culture that just you, you express in actions rather than words. Casper would ask me, like, do your parents like me? Like, what did they say? And I'm like, they literally don't say anything. Like, I have nothing to tell you. Versus, like, at any time, like, we hang out with his parents, like, afterwards, they always tell him, like, it was so great to see Polly. Like, she's doing so well. And, like, like, say complimentary things that like, he would relay back to me. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, I have nothing to say back to you. But, like, just know that they do like you. And, like, even mm-hmm. if they can't say it. <laughs> Yeah, Yoap's parents are the same. They're very huggy, and his mom's always like, we love you, have a good trip. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Uh, But I definitely feel the same amount of affection for my parents, just in a different form. Yeah, I feel like my parents, yeah, they, like, ask how you're doing, but they're never really, like, showing affection. I feel like my mom's form of showing affection is just, like, making sure that you're enrolled in your, like, 401k program. <laughs> and Because my mom and John actually work at the same parent company. And so as soon as he got hired, she was following up with me once a week to make sure that he <laughs> enrolled in all the right stuff. Yeah, she was like, is he contributing the max amount? Like, here are hacks. There, These are things that he should know. And so, yeah, she's always making sure that he's, he's getting his at work. <laughs> Which is really nice. I mean, that's, you know, I, I consider that love. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anything money related. <laughs> uh, and I guess for the last question before we delve into the present, have you dated any other ethnicities in your past? The first girlfriend that I had, like, officially was, she was adopted. I don't think she had taken a test at the time, but she was Asian. Did you um, buy her test as well? <laughs> That's about the MO. I, I should have, I should have. Um, she was Asian, but I think maybe she thought she was Vietnamese or something. I don't know, maybe that's wrong. Maybe, I don't know. But um, Oh, she didn't know what? She didn't know at the oh. time. Yeah, I don't have like experience dating like a lot of other races, but I never like closed the door on any, any specific, you know, ethnicities. Yeah, I... Uh, as I mentioned before, John is my first boyfriend, so he's my first serious relationship. But, but before that, I was kind of dating all over the map. <laughs> I've dated a lot of different ethnicities. So I would say most ones you can think of would be a yes. <laughs> because I really did date around a lot. I mean, I think that is why I'm able to be in such a like strong, long-term relationship, is that I did date around a lot before. So I don't really have the... um 
curiosity. The curiosity, yeah, that itch at the back of my mind being like, what else is out there? I know what else is out there. It's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, for me, I also dated around a bit and definitely dated some Chinese guys, but also dated other ethnicities and races as well. I had one sort of longer-term relationship in college, and the guy was Korean, but he was actually, like, the most whitewashed Korean person I'd ever met in my entire life. Like, he grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and his parents were, like, they, they just, like, didn't really celebrate or, like, bring the Korean culture, like, into their life very much, and so he, like, never ate Korean food or never, like, really introduced me to anything Korean. I felt like I knew more Korean stuff than him <laughs> sometimes, and so I actually felt like I was, like, dating a white person at that point. I was like, oh, like, I'm learning so much about American, like, culture. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I think other than that, I've never, like, closed the door on any other types of ethnicities or races either. I just ended up dating a white guy now, so... Yelov is also my first relationship, so I just have not really dated that many people prior to Yelov, so I cannot speak to all those incredible experiences. (laughs) 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 But bringing us to the present, how do you guys bring in your different cultures to your current relationship? I know, Polly, you mentioned that you learned a lot about American culture from your last one, but what about now? Yeah, I mean, I think... The stuff that I learned was probably a little bit more superficial in my previous relationships, but like with Casper specifically, like I think just like the cultural aspects of saying I love you, for example, or some of his like, because so, so Casper's, Casper's also half Danish, so just learning a little bit more about like that side of his culture and like just different foods, like they really like like licorice, for example, which is honestly still disgusting to me, but <laughs> open to trying out, you know, new things like that. And then I think maybe more so from my side like I really do try and influence or share my Chinese culture with Casper so I guess one example is like we have done a like a Chinese New Year like Lunar New Year dinner for the past couple years now like as a potluck and I think that's like introduced him to a lot of other types of foods mainly food I, I would say is probably the main way that I like share my culture within our relationship yeah I think food is is a great way that we like share um different like parts of us i mean i i don't know a part a part of me feels that you've also you've brought in so much about like asian culture and food and stuff like to my attention more than i brought to your attention you introduced me to hot pot oh you didn't hot pot before no the when we had hot pot at your aunt's house that was my first time oh yeah yeah, yeah. ever hearing of it and i'm obsessed with hot pot so yeah my aunt my aunt's house is like the hub of like all of our like family gatherings family gatherings for chinese new year we have like this really big like party and we we had this like tradition of um i don't know who started but we they basically like buy uh scratchers like and like lorry scratchers and then they put them in the red envelopes and then they like string them along like the kitchen and then like you can just take one and you scratch off and that's like our chinese new year like tradition (laughs) money related yeah I would say, yeah, you introduced me to Hot Pot. Um, in terms of what cultural aspects I bring to our relationship, I mean, I feel like you hadn't really had much Filipino food before me, right? Definitely, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, so I've taken him to a bunch of Filipino spots, and he's come to a few family gatherings as well. Well, my family, a lot of my Filipino family actually lives in the Bay Area, so it's kind of nice like when we're up to see his parents, like, you know, my family lives in San Jose and so sometimes we can like just make it one trip and and see everyone but let's see from the black side I would say that spades is a big one 
my grandma came to stay with us for a little bit during the pandemic and she kicked our ass in spades so much i mean john is getting better he actually got so into it that he downloaded the app on his phone you guys know spades the card game it's a card game and it goes by a lot of other names too like hearts and uh, there are different versions of the game but spades is the black version for sure (laughs) and that's a huge thing for black people and i would say well i do think that this past year has brought to light a lot of like awakening and reckoning um, in terms of black life in this country. And so I think after George Floyd died and everyone was kind of educating themselves, I did really encourage John to learn more about black people and what, you know, what this country has done to black people. And so it was actually really cute. He, John brought me to this bookstore and we we bought, you know, a few titles by black authors and it was like a little date and like treat that he did for me, which I thought was really sweet. And he started reading like if Beale Street could talk and he bought me notes from a black chef, which I really enjoyed. And probably one thing I brought is just really encouraging John to take that time to educate himself about everything going on in this country because yeah, I mean this this past year was really challenging because even though it has been going on for a really, really long time same with stop asian hate you know these things have been going on for a super long time it's just that now people are finally talking about it and it's in the media way more but it it can be overwhelming too i don't know what your guys's experience was like but a lot of people reached out to me when george floyd died and that can be overwhelming in its own way too because in a way sometimes people it feels like maybe it's your responsibility to educate people or to tell people certain things and that can be a lot so i think John has also like really helped support me through a lot of mental health challenges that I've had during this pandemic surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement, which is obviously like hugely important to me, as is the Stop Asian Hate. It's it's been a big challenging year. <laughs> a double whammy for you. <laughs> yeah, truly double homicide. <laughs> really bad. Yeah, it's definitely been like a huge educational like moment and like year for for me. I mean, obviously I had since like since the passing of George Floyd and since we have we had those conversations like you know I was taking it upon myself to like watch more documentaries and stuff and thankfully like there have been so like a rise in like in media and like resources like telling people like what to watch and read and, and listen to and stuff I'm grateful for that like that as a you know byproduct of of everything that happened because it's really educated me and like you know everyone else that I talked to and stuff so it, it's like a positive thing for sure yeah, I really resonate that because during the, I guess, like, rise in Asian hate crimes, it was something that I started talking to a lot more with Yoav and feel very proud that he would reciprocate that and ask questions and, like, delve into deeper conversations. And he has been such a strong supporter of this podcast, too. And it's allowed for that conversation to exist even more freely within our relationship, but then also just with our relationship with other people, like, doing this episode. So... Super thankful for everyone that's listening again. (laughs) But other than that, I guess in terms of our relationship, Yoav is actually Israeli. So I feel like Israelis and Asians actually share a lot of similar morals. It's very like family first, work hard, education first. And funny enough, those are all things that we kind of mentioned that our parents really reinforced into us when we were growing up. And then Yoav also grew up with John John in the South Bay of California, where there were 
a lot of Asian people. So I feel like my culture wasn't anything that new to him, but something that was new to him that my family knows is celebrating Christmas. So he <laughs> celebrated Christmas for the first time with my family recently, or maybe not the first time. I think he might have celebrated it like when they first came to America a couple or many years ago. But it was a joke that Jewish people eat Chinese food on Christmas because it's the only restaurant open on Christmas. And then I was like, well, he's going to continue eating Chinese food even though it's Christmas now. <laughs> Wait, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening to part one of our conversation with John and Michelle. It was so much fun hearing about the background of your relationship and all the different anecdotes about interactions with each other and with our parents. And we're super excited to continue this conversation in the next episode. Thank you, Michelle and John, for joining us on Where Should Our Listeners Find You If They're Interested? Well, thank you so much for having us. We've had a great time talking to you guys. You can find me on IG at Michelle Flowers underscore. Yeah, this is so crazy. Thank you so much for having us. I feel like a celebrity doing this. But yeah, you can find me at on Instagram at, at John Favreau. And also that's my SoundCloud as well. I also have a DJ collective called Mac and Cheese, which we, we showcase up and coming producers and DJs um, in SF and LA. And we're about to throw parties again this summer because it's about to open up end of covid so look out for some fun parties from mac and cheese this summer yes we'll post all those links and more in our description of this week's episode again don't forget to tune in next week and in the meantime you can follow us at yellow noise pod on instagram and we'll see you all soon bye bye thank you